0: You're listening to Questions on the Way podcast with Greg and Jeremy. Hey, welcome to Questions on the Way, my podcast fam. Yes. That's my new intro. Is yeah, I, I'm going to say fam it's like a bit. It's like the third time, so I know. I, I guess I'm it's, sticking a, it's with official. It. Yeah, it's official now. So anyways, um, in prior episodes... We've, previously on, yeah, Questions previously on, on Questions on the Way. Previously uh, on Questions on the Way. We've established <laughs> that you like to go on runs and sometimes in ridiculously cold temperatures.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's been a while, but yes. I have a quick
0: question for you.
1: Oh, no. Uh,
0: Mr. Kay. Jeremy.
1: It's kind of funny because I was just saying I was born ready and now <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm feeling not ready. This is
0: actually kind of a two part question. Okay. So, um, what I know, we know that you like to run but what's your actual favorite outdoor recreation activity?
1: Mm. Favorite outdoor recreation activity. Um, man, I just love being in the mountains. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really like, I, I like to climb and get an elevation and get up into the the heights. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, even from the time I was a little kid, I remember we would drive through, we always did like road trips. I lived in lower 48. And so we drive the highway. And anytime there's like a road cut, you know, where they'd blasted through. Sure. Um, I always wanted to get out and climb like the cliffs. (laughs) Like I was always like, that'd be so cool to climb. And so like that has definitely carried into adulthood. I just. You grew up kind of in the Midwest sometimes too. Yeah, it was pretty flat. That's why road cuts were my example. (laughs) But I always climbed trees and, um, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Just being something about being in the, in the mountains and um, just looking like the perspective and the physical effort and the fresh air. That's awesome. And stuff. Yeah,
0: that's cool. So, <laughs> how about
1: you? What's your favorite outdoor activity? <laughs>
0: I, I really like mountain biking for one thing.
1: Yeah, that's fun.
0: Yeah. Um, and biking in general, I really enjoy. Uh, and likewise, I like to go out and I like to hike, and mm-hmm. we've done a lot of that together. Yeah.
1: You know, I think it's something about moving under your own power yeah. through a landscape that just really appeals to me. Yeah. You know, whether it's on foot or bike or running or like it's just. I don't know. Just knowing you can cover distance like on your own two legs.
0: That brings me to my next part of the question. Okay. because I know that you I know you pretty well and I know that you enjoy that part. But what's your favorite motor sport?
1: Uh, So, man, that's hard because I don't like currently I don't have any motor me either <laughs> other than my car right um when i was a kid though we in michigan we had a snow machine of course in michigan you don't call it a snow machine it's a snowmobile
0: yeah alaskans snow go alaskans are very passionate that you call it a snow machine or right, sled and
1: when, right and when i was growing up in the midwest a snow machine was something that made snow oh, okay like it's a snow machine <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had a we had a snowmobile and uh, I love driving that around, but um, I, I my limited time on like dirt bikes. I love dirt bikes too. They sure. kind of scare me because they're really powerful. Like I'd much rather drive like a like a eighty <laughs> <laughs> yeah. than like a two fifty or something, or you know. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah, probably
0: probably the snow machine. Snow machine.
1: I guess so. I have the most experience doing that as far as a motorsport.
0: Without a doubt, for me, snow machine. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Like, so now that I have a family and stuff, I you know I wanted a side by side. I yeah. want to. I want to get a side by side someday. But snow machining is just so much fun.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so different up here. You know, I like I didn't ever snow machine in powder necessarily. It was just going fast through like cornfields and stuff. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. like up here, it's a whole. I feel like it's a whole different ball game. Like getting so up high fun. in the mountains and driving through like glaciated areas. Oh, it's and, awesome. Uh, like, I I have no experience. I've, I've been up here over 20 years. I've never snow machined up here. Yeah. Other than, like, driving out on this to sit in a river to, like, take supplies back and forth to a camp. Oh, that, okay. That's not the same.
0: No, definitely not. <laughs> it's a, well, you might get a chance one of these
1: days. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see.
0: So, anyways, uh, if we just go ahead and move on here. Yeah, Question. <laughs> the question today. The real question. Yes. So, um, we got a question from a coworker named Chris. And, uh, by the way, Chris has just been him and his wife, super supportive for solid,
1: us. Solid, solid people. Oh, yeah.
0: And I know that we have a lot of supporters that are awesome, but they've just, they come in, they're really encouraging. So mm-hmm. thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, he asks, while witnessing to someone, they ask, why do bad things happen to good people, and how do I respond? It's kind of the quintessential question, isn't it? It
1: is. Isn't this the question? I kind think of? so. And like, just struggling this, with this, I mean, I know that I've, you know, wrestled with this, Mm -hmm. people you come in contact with, like, you know, why do these bad things happen to, to good people? Or, you know, and it's, everybody's
0: got a story of, you know, a good person that something horrendous happened to, right? Right.
1: Totally. And, um, you know, short answer, I feel like I can, I can answer this short answer is that, you know, bad things happen because there's sin in the world Mm -hmm. because, we don't meet God's standard because Adam sinned, you know, in the garden from the beginning. Sin entered the world. And, and I love um, R.C. Sproul uh, was a great theologian of our day. He died just a few years ago, began Ligonier Ministries. But his son, R.C. Sproul Jr., I was listening to an interview with him just recently, and he said, you know, this, in response to this question, he said, we must recognize who we are and what we're due. And that kind of encapsulates, you know, my answer in that, you know, we recognize, must recognize who we are and who we are is, is that we're, we're sinners Mm -hmm. and what we're due is, is death. But I think to understand that you have to look at sin when I say, you know, oh, we had sin in the world. Yeah.
0: So what's, what's sin at that point? Because, you know, when you have that, well, whatever horrendous thing happened to my buddy. No, I promise he was a good dude
1: yeah right and and that's something that we definitely need to look at too is like you know who who's good who's defining good but I think mm-hmm. tackling the sin first um yeah Romans 5 twelve what it is man what it is Romans five twelve says when Adam sinned and we're talking adam the the first man mm-hmm. created when Adam sinned, sin entered the world and Adam's sin brought death so death spread to everyone for everyone sinned when you think about bad things, I would say probably the ultimate bad thing we can think of is, is suffering and pain and death. I mean, ultimately death is like the, the big baddie in the house, you know, but you know, bad things, you know, um, unfortunate events that happen, natural disasters, uh, evil in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things that, that cause essentially these, these bad things. Those are the big ones. People are usually talking about sickness, um, suffering and, and ultimately death. But, looking at this verse, we see that through Adam sin entered the world, and Romans 3.23 also tells us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, you know, first recognizing that, like, because of sin, there is death. Uh, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, the payment of sin, the ultimate outcome of sin is death. And so...
0: I think that that's pretty fair that most people recognize that they've sinned. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And even if you don't know the words sin, yeah, you know, I feel like, I feel like most people have, but it like this, the reality is we are in a, like a post-Christian America mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways, you know, that's, that's the terminology that's being used in that, um, you know, back in uh, even like our parents, or especially like our grandparents' day, they grew up with kind of this understanding of like a Christian nation and God and the Bible, and whether they believed it or not, you know, a lot of people went to church on Christmas or Easter, like the major events, but I really feel like young people are growing up today in a post-Christian world where there's not even that baseline understanding of Christianity. Sure. So when I'm talking about sin, I do want to define it. The Hebrew there's six different words for sin in the Hebrew and the Hebrew is the language, the old Testament was written in primarily, but the two that are used that really describe this concept, um, of like, you know, something that we do like an action is, uh, Hata. I think that's is kind of like
0: think, Hata dog. Is,
1: well, you know, Hebrew no. has that guttural, like <laughs> Hata. So I think that's how you say it, but that's used 238 times in the old Testament. And that means unintentional sin. Um, it's, it's that description of missing the mark. You know, we've mm. talked about the sin and, you know, we've talked about God's glory as being like the measuring stick. Mm-hmm. And then sin is the not meeting that, that measuring stick. So that's that unintentional sin. The things that just kind of happen that because we're human, we fall short of God's glory. And that's used a lot, 238 times. But then oh, the other wow. one, I think this one is, is the more important one that we're talking about, um, but the Pesha. And Pesha is that deliberate sin. It's intentional rebellion against either God's law or like against the natural order of things. And I think the questions that we were discussing earlier yeah. kind of fit in here. Like, what are some of those things that you've know that you discovered in, in, in your research?
0: Oh, so yeah, just to talk about them a little bit, we kind of talked about these before the episode even. One of those would be, for instance, lying. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to... You know, if I was to ask you how many lies have you told, almost nobody could answer that. Like, right? Yeah, because it's usually it's like uh, thousands.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Right.
0: So that would be one of those pesha. Is that what yeah, you call? Yeah,
1: pesha, them? the intentional
0: sin. Uh, um, Have you stolen anything? Mm-hmm. So, therefore, you, what do you call somebody that steals something? On you yeah, know?
1: Yeah. Well, even like stealing a pen from work. I mean, technically. Technically,
0: you're a thief. It's a,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah there is a few of those for sure.
1: Yeah, but those things those things that, that are intentionally against God's law and you know it's it's honestly it's our natural bent. You know it's 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 we are born into this sinful world and I know there's there's the whole argument about oh no man is you know we're I'm inherently good. You know it's like in man my my thing I would say is like have have you ever seen a toddler not get what it wants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing this a lot right now in my life, man. Right? I mean, it's,
1: you know, from, from early on, like anyone who's had kids, yeah, you know, you've seen, or if maybe you don't have kids, you've seen that kid pitching a fit in the grocery store, you know, it's like, that's a little sinner, you know, it's oh, like, yeah. And that emerges, you know, for those of us who have had kids, like, that emerges pretty early on where you can see, like, a baby's sin nature of not getting what it wants.
0: That rebellion. And
1: rebelling against mm-hmm. the authority, you know, but rebelling against—and whether it understands even those concepts. Like, it's pretty clear that that's our natural bent. So it kind of leads me to my next thing is that— a lot of times, people say, "Okay, the well, world there's sin, you know, and it's a, it's a fallen world, and and bad things happen." But but I'm a good person. Like I don't deserve this. I don't deserve you know what what's happening. And again, I shared this with you right before, and this is from the same interview with R.C. Sproul Jr. But he said, you know, when when I get asked the question, "Why do bad things happen to good people?" He's like, "I've got a short answer. It only happened once, and he volunteered."
0: Yeah. You know, Jesus
1: Ooh. ultimately was the only one who is ever good, fully good. Um, Romans 3, 10 through 12, uh, tells us very clearly that there is none righteous. No, mm. not not even one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. It's pretty clear and that he's actually quoting there. Paul is quoting from the Psalms, mm-hmm. which were written thousands of years before, not thousands, thousands. A thousand years okay. before,
0: you know. That, well, you knew I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's, there's not anyone who is righteous. There's not any of us who are right. You know, all have, all have sinned, and so there are no. I mean, honestly, there are no good people. We might have some good things that we do. We might have some positive, positive things that we can do, but ultimately, like you said, even those simple things like lying. I mean, lying is a big one. That, that oh, yeah, you, like, for oh, sure. Well, that was, it was, a, it was a little white liar. It was an untruth. And like mm-hmm. well, God is a God of absolutes. And like, it's either a lie or it's the truth. There's no in between.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, maybe one of the big appeals for people that are outside of Christianity for, um, you know, being an atheist or an agnostic or, you know, one of like kind of the world religions mm-hmm. now is the fact that they can make up their own morality. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: it's kind of whatever you determine to be your truth is then. Yeah, true but inherently,
0: right. although we do have this sinful nature, if I was just to drop down from outer space and I don't know anything about life, if somebody was to lie to me or steal from me, mm-hmm. you, know, I would know that that was wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it would it's something within you. I mean, yeah, like think about how do you feel. When someone, when you find out someone lied to you, Mm. you know, that it's a just sense of injustice or like stealing, like I've had some things stolen, you know, like my car's gotten broken into before. And like, you just, that sense of like, this isn't right. Like, how can you take something that's not yours? You know, it's like that sense, even the sense that we have that sense of injustice is a good indicator that there is an absolute Right. right and wrong. So I think to me, that's pretty clear. Like we can establish that, you know, no one is good you know, sin enters the world, but it, but still, like, but why bad things? You know, isn't mm-hmm. God, you know, the the, the the antagonist here might be like, well, isn't God love? I've heard he's good, and isn't he ultimately good and love? So then why would he allow these bad things to happen?
0: Right. Oh, that's a super good question. Yeah,
1: and for me, and, and I think the Bible makes this clear, it comes back to sin, mm-hmm. you know, sin, the, the penalty of sin is death. But also, you know, there's there's the curse of sin. You look in Genesis three sixteen through nineteen, and we see this is right after Adam and Eve have have eaten the forbidden fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, they've given in to essentially they've given in to the devil in the form of a snake who who encouraged them. You know, to to partake of this this fruit, this thing that God said, "Don't do this," and they rebelled. You know, they pesha, they, they did the thing that He said right. not to do. And God comes down, and He's essentially describing the penalty of sin. Genesis 3, uh, starting in 16, this is God talking, and he says to the woman, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. So right there we see there's pain, mm-hmm. there's going to be pain, and then this desire to control your husband is, is almost speaking to like this just tension in relationship of like this, com- this competitiveness of what I want versus what you want. Oh man, yeah, that's part so, of the curse of
0: sin. What's crazy is that this—when w- was Genesis? When was this time? When did G? When did not G? Well, when mm. did the father say this to this Adam is, and Eve? I
1: mean, we're only in chapter three from the beginning of the world. So here, we're talking so.
0: like eight thousand years ago at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, up, to, yeah up to up yeah. to eight thousand years yeah. ago. Yeah, from and the these, beginning.
0: These problems are still happening today. <laughs>
1: totally. Yeah. Totally. And to the man, he says, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you'll eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow, you'll have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made for you are made from dust, and to dust you will return. So to the man, you know, to the woman, he speaks to her core of of giving birth and saying, there's now going to be pain. And to the Mm. man, he's speaking to, you know, what you will do, you know, your your job, you will scratch out a living, you know, you're, you're going to have to like, he's talking about the ground in this case, he was going to be a farmer, need to grow his well, food. That was the
0: only job back then. Right. And, you know, <laughs>
1: right. I need to eat and therefore I must either hunt or...
0: Yeah. There's nobody else other than these two. Yeah. Right.
1: And so it's like, but that that is the curse of sin and the curse of sin is is contention in relationship. Mm-hmm. It's pain and it's suffering wow. through, through the work that's done. And that... We start out in the beginning, like, that is how the, the world began. That wasn't God's intention, mm-hmm. but because of our sin. And so some of the things that are playing out now about these bad things that happen is because of the curse of sin and because as the world turns and as mankind goes on, evil still keeps happening. We still keep making these selfish choices, mm-hmm. rebelling against God. And so sin just perpetuates terrible things happen to to seemingly undeserving people. You know, the the child who, who, who dies, you know, the parents who have to deal with that, you Mm -hmm. know, the person who gets cancer, I mean, just Mm -hmm. really painful things happen and and seemingly like, well, why? Like, what did this person do? And it's like, it's really hard to say, but like it could, couldn't be anything they did. It's because there's sin in the world. Exactly. And because the evil one, you know, Satan uh, in the fall, it's clear in the Bible, when you, especially when you're reading the New Testament, that Satan has been given dominion over the world for a time. And, mm. uh, you know, in, in 1 John 5, 19, John says the whole world lives in the power of the evil one.
0: Mm. Because
1: of sin and because sin entered the world, it's like Satan still has this control. Um, Ephesians 2, 1 and 2 says uh, that we've been following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and he's talking to he's in Greece at that time, but he's saying like hey there's there's a power here that's at work that was not not the intended purpose right um, Jesus himself says in John 1430 when he's talking to the disciples he says, I will no longer talk much with you and he's kind of foreshadowing um, his crucifixion. He said, for the ruler of this world is coming' and it's really interesting because yeah what does that mean it indicates that satan is currently the uh, you know it is, is been has been given mm-hmm. free reign of the earth and now this is definitely by god but you know job when you look at job the first book of the bible written job is a story of a man who essentially um there's a conversation in job 1:12 where satan comes to job and is like what about your servant job you know can i do whatever and god essentially says Yes, because he's mm-hmm. bragging on Job, like how good Job is and that he follows God. And Satan's like, that's because you've blessed him so greatly. Can I can I have my way with him, essentially? And God says, yes, the only thing you may not take is life. Right. And so the book of Job is about this seemingly good man who all these undeserved things. I mean, he loses all of his children. He loses his wife. He loses everything that he has. And then it's his struggle with like, God, why is this happening? Right. And at the end of the book, what you you find out about God is that God is ultimately good. He is sovereign and he works these things. He allows these things to happen. But he essentially, even though Satan has been given control, we know that Satan was defeated by Jesus on the cross. Yeah, we know the end game. Mm -hmm. The end game. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look, that verse I used a minute ago, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, the second half of that verse is, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, wow. So though, though we may live in a fallen world and though we may experience pain and suffering, ultimately... Evil has been defeated.
0: Yeah. Like
1: Jesus paid that. He paid that penalty for sin. Mm -hmm. And so though we can't make bad things not happen because until Jesus returns, until, you know, the Bible promises that he's coming again to set things right and to collect his believers unto himself. But until he returns, Satan is still like, though Jesus has won the war, I describe it like this. So Jesus has won the war, there are battles still being fought. Okay, and I've I've preached on this before, and the illustration I always use is in World War II. In World War II, when Japan was finally defeated, they had established outposts on these remote islands in the South Pacific, where the word never got out to them that the war was over. I've heard about this as late as like I think the nineteen, I think it was the nineteen seventies, late seventies, was like the last kind of person that they know about who had who didn't know the war was over, who was still like in hiding because he was trying to do his duty for Japan and didn't know the war had ended like 30 years previously. And so it's like, you know, one of the fiercest battles in the South Pacific was fought after the treatise had been signed. Wow. And like, you know, I forget how many Marines were lost in this just fierce fighting in this battle. And it's like, because though Satan has been defeated, he's still doing his best to wreak havoc while he can to block God's purposes.
0: That makes total sense. Yeah, he's still trying to, he's still trying to collect some.
1: Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he is. And, and, and that's his ultimate goal is that, you know, that he is just flying in the face of God and he wants people to just rebel. He wants to wreak havoc. You know, the Bible says that Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Mm. So he isn't able to create, but he does work in circumstance. I heard someone talking recently on a podcast and they were talking about, pain and suffering. And they said, you know, pain is a part of this life. You know, we can, there are things are going to happen. We're going to experience pain, but the suffering is when Satan comes alongside in the pain and he gets us to question and he gets oh, us to question wow. ourselves and to question God. And so that suffering, that ongoing, just like lament and you know, sorrow and, and that the suffering side of it is ultimately, you know, it's the devil. And because if he can use that to turn us away from God, um, that's what he's going to do. Back to to Adam, Romans 5, we read that first part that through Adam, sin entered the world. But the second, a few verses down in Romans 5, in verse 17, it says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live and triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. So, that's, I mean, that, that says it right there. Right. Even though sin and death occur, mm-hmm. we can triumph over sin and death through Jesus Christ. It's really, it's, it's. I wrote down this word as I was studying this. It's really, it's perspective.
0: Right. Okay. It's how
1: are we looking at, how are we looking at the world? And for the lost, for those who don't know Jesus, I mean, it just, it seems to make no sense, the pain and the devastation and the, and the suffering. But when we look at it, it at the situation to the eyes of of God. Because of Jesus, we can say, you know, Romans 8:28, uh, Paul says, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I think this gets misquoted and people say all things work together for good. And it's like, well, hold on, you can't stop there. You've got to look at the rest of the verse and the context. Sure. All things work together for the for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God is sovereign. God sits on the throne. And by sovereign, again, I want to point out when we say sovereign, we're talking about that God as the creator has absolute right and full authority to do his will. And so all things, not all things are good, right but all things can be used and are used for good to accomplish God's purposes. And as a child of the king, the Bible talks about this language of adoption, that when we are born again and we trust in Jesus, that we become children, we get adopted as sons and daughters. And as a child of the king, we can trust that the king's best purposes are being played out. And that doesn't mean that it's good or that it feels good, but the ultimate hope is that this isn't what's forever.
0: Yeah, we have an eternity to look forward to. We have
1: an eternity. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 points out, and even the wording here, It, it well, I'm going to turn to it because I want to want to get the words right here. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18, and this is in the ESV, but Paul says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal.
0: Oh, wow. So he Paul's pretty much laying it out there that yeah. even though there's these horrendous things that are happening, they're, they pale in comparison to what is our eternity.
1: Totally. And, and you have to know about Paul a little bit, some perspective of Paul. Oh, man. But what Paul had been through, the... Uh, I forget where it is. I think it's in Corinthians where he talks about three times he had been beaten with 40 lashes minus one, which 40 lashes was a death sentence in the Roman Empire. And so three times he'd been beaten to one short of a death sentence. He had been imprisoned. He had been shipwrecked. He had suffered an affliction in his, in, in his body that, that the Bible alludes to that doesn't say what it was. He had endured a lot, and he's writing this from prison
0: saying, ah,
1: It's this not light that bad, momentary affliction, <laughs> you know, as bad as it was, and as bad as things had happened, it was he was describing it as a light, momentary affliction compared to the eternal glory that God has in store for those who are his children.
0: There's that perspective that you're talking yeah. about, and he, so he knew yeah. he had that perspective, and which is just so awesome. That's so cool,
1: yeah. And, and that's that's the destiny of believers is to be fully, fully new, new bodies, you know, no sickness, no pain, no death in heaven one day with mm-hmm. God, the father, with mm-hmm. Jesus at the right, th- uh, right hand of his throne. Romans 8, 38 and 39 kind of wraps it up. Ultimately in the face of, of adversity and in the face of, of these bad things, nothing is able to separate us from God's love. It's awesome. Nothing at all. And so in Jesus, if you're, you're listening to the podcast today and you're like, man, I, you know, I, I'm, I have pain in my life. You know, I have mm-hmm. suffering. There are these things I, or like, I'm seeing around the world pain and suffering. It's like, Jesus is the ultimate hope and he gives that perspective and he grants forgiveness when we, when we confess, when we turn to him, uh, which then brings, uh, freedom and hope in the midst of pain and joy in our purpose, because we know we're designed and we're living for eternity. Right. It's awesome, man. That's what I
0: got. <laughs> That's good. Oh, it was so good. I think it's just, it really just puts in a perspective. So short answer, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? It's because of sin. Yeah. However, we've been redeemed. Yeah. By Jesus. And, yeah. and, you know, I can't help but think about just the total injustice. You know, I get upset if somebody lies to me, but... And I'm a sinner. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know, Jesus died on the cross being a perfect man. Right. And he had these he had died a more horrendous death than any of us could imagine.
1: Yeah. I mean the crucifixion was designed not just for pain and death, but for humiliation. Right. You know, and and when you look into that and like what I mean, the Romans Came up with crucifixion, and, and and it was it was humiliating, mm-hmm. and so yeah, a man that like never had, never had a wrong thought, you know, never lied, never stole, you know, never backsassed his parents, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. really never anything, and, and carried the weight of the world's sin on himself, and and had to die, and had to die that way. Uh, it was very humbling, so that we could live. And we could live, you know, with purpose. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And so I think there's, there's hope in that. And ultimately, you know, how, how you can answer someone who's asking that question when you're sharing God's love is that there's pain and it's real. And ultimately we're not good. We deserve death, but there's hope. In mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. let me tell you about Jesus. Let me share Jesus. Here's who Jesus is. Here's what He did for you. Here's how much He loves you. And I think that's for me. That's the answer. It's like starts out kind of bleak, yeah, but finishes, you know, on an ultimate like high note. And I think ultimately,
0: you know, the best way to approach one of these questions is to build a relationship with somebody.
1: Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah these these kind of things are best addressed, you know, one on one and developing. You know, we call it uh, life on life. Mm-hmm. You know, discipling mm-hmm. someone. It's like because you can, you can preach, and there are messages that are preached, and there are conversions that happen. You know, Billy Graham. You know, the evangelist of our day, and just I mean, huge impact and reached millions around the world, and you know, hundreds of thousands of gospel conversions of people giving their life to Jesus. Um, and that is good, and God works in that way. But the the intricacies of the relationship, you know, mm-hmm. like. Like, even like the kind of questions that we're answering, these things that come up, it's important to have someone that can walk you through this, that can point you to the word, that can give you that right perspective and and can say, yeah, you know, like when the, you know, the parable of the sower we talked about last, the farmer and the seeds, when the the thorns try to choke out the good thing God is doing, um, when we hit the depth of our understanding and run into the rocks, it's like, who's there with you? That can that can walk you through that, can shepherd you through that. You know, the Bible is always there and that's good. But really, you know, if I would say if you're a new believer, um or you're you know, you're looking into faith and what it's about, it's like you've gotta get plugged in. And that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean going to church. Going to church is good and the gathering is really important, but finding someone, you know, it's the call of making disciples is also a call to be a disciple.
0: It's just getting in that fellowship with somebody else, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if, if that's you, like, I really just feel right now, like, if that's you, if you're looking to plug in, um, you know, shoot us an, an email. I know that you might not even be in the same city as us, but, I, you know, we've got connections, and I'd love to, if if you're looking for someone to disciple you, um, I think that's so important. Oh, so yeah, we could help absolutely. probably find a, a good church, which would be maybe a starting point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we, we love feedback from the show you know what what you guys are taking away from it what you like what you don't like um but you can send those over um questions on the way at gmail.com is one way to do it or connect with us on Instagram we're mm-hmm. on Instagram at questions on the way and you can contact us there absolutely and pray for us maybe we could pray for them too yeah yeah lord i just Father, we lift up those who are seeking. Mm -hmm. Lord, you tell us that you, that we will seek you and find you when we seek with all our heart. And if those are, some are listening today that are seeking you, God, I just turn them in the right direction, turn them towards you. Let them find the resources and the people, really just uh, uh, the people that they need that can continue to disciple them and to shepherd them and to just lead them to uh, hope and joy in you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. Amen. Amen. All right, man. Thanks for joining us today. That was awesome. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, subscribe, follow, like, like, all the things. The thumbs up, the, all the
0: stars, all that stuff. All the things. All the things. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you. Peace out. And bye.